Rushing through the stars Captivated by the worlds beyond So far unknown Floating in a car Past the gates of mustdestroy.com Hello and welcome to episode one of the Early Doors podcast with me, Simon, and you, Emily. <laughs> We're here to uh, break down and uh, review and basically just make silly comments on episode one of Early Doors. Um, how are you, Emily? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah. Good. Good day. I mean, I've had better, but then again, I've had worse. So yeah, well, I can I think, live with it. I think we both have, yeah. Um, at Early Doors itself, we've both come to it from different um, angles, really, because of the massive age difference between <laughs> us both. <laughs> so, I mean, episode one was first aired, I've got it written down here somewhere. Oh, um, um, for everybody, obviously, you can't see um, what's going on here. Um, but Simon said, oh, we, we need to take notes after watching the first episode. I just watched it and um, just shouted things out. And Simon's written, I think it's eight pages, eight A4 pages of um, notes. No, we shouldn't tell them that because people will expect more <laughs> than we're probably going to give them. Anyway. Eight pages now. <laughs> They're going to want eight pages this, every week. The episode one was first aired on the 12th of May. 2003 at which point you were what age five years old i think you were actually four weren't you uh, well i was born no, in actually, nine no sorry no, no you were yeah you were five seven. sorry <laughs> that's my mother. sorry you worked in accounts but don't worry about that <laughs> uh, well well while well, i was 30 so <laughs> <laughs> that, that shows you the age difference between us um but I think it's a testament to the show and testament to the the, um, the acting and the writing, especially that um, we can both appreciate and, and love and the comedy of this show. It it it's, uh, it stretches generations. I mean, quite clearly, you love it, I love it. It's 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 gone through boundaries, hasn't it? I like it. Mm, you like it. I like it. Also, I, I get the impression there's going to be a few comments coming through from you. A few. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like I said, this is the first um, episode of our podcast. It's going to be the, the review of the first episode of Early Doors. We hope uh, soon to have a, a channel of which you can contact us if there is anyone listening out there apart from friends and family. <laughs> but I'll ho hopefully have um, something on Twitter, something on Facebook and, and an email potentially. Uh, that you can contact us, give us feedback on on the crap comments, on the crap or uh, audio or whatever. Um, I thought you were going to say visual then. Yeah, or visuals, <laughs> if you can see us, but you can't. Which I really hope you can't. <laughs> anyway, we'll stop waffling now and we'll get straight into the review. <laughs> okay, so early door starts. We usually, with every episode, with um, the Roddy Frame song. Small world. <laughs> if anything, better than the original. And we're introduced uh, to the Grapes pub, which I believe is based on a pub called the Grapes in Stockport. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I've never been. Well, there you go. Well, neither have I. Something they do after lockdown? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we have to then there. also confess that we are based in Manchester as well, so Stockport isn't too far away from us, is it? That is true. Yeah. If you couldn't tell um, that by our accents. We are then uh, introduced to Ken, the landlord, who is, well, I wouldn't say opening the pub, but he's... he's setting uh, up for the day. Setting up for the day, aren't they? Yeah, setting up for the day. Which it seems to involve um, the topping up of a uh, brandy, a top-class brandy, with uh, some budget brandy yeah. from a bottle. Which now, I will. You've worked in a bar and pubs before. I have. Now, um, is it? Would you say this is common practice? Uh, it's actually illegal to um, to sell something as one product and it to be another. Um, however, I know for a fact that in taste tests, people can't tell the difference between um, Costco's uh, top end vodka and Grey Goose. They are very, very similar. 
and I did work in a very crummy pub at one point, um, just over a Christmas period, so it's not the pub if anybody actually knows me that's listening that I worked there for two years, um, where they did Jaeger bombs and before every single shift we would pour Meiser Schmidt, which is um, it's essentially the same stuff but under a different brand, uh, into Jaeger bottles and then put the Jaeger bottles in the infamous Jaeger machine to make Jaeger bombs and we used to fake Red Bull. Um, so I wouldn't say it's common practice because it's only ever been there that it's happened, but uh, it has happened. Shocking. That's shocking. However, though, obviously, with your age, you uh, were working in a pub when you were five years old. No, and believe so, it or not. So I'm actually quite interested to get your, your view on, on the pub that's um, depicted in, in Early Doors because uh, obviously we've got this sort of situation where he's nobbling the brandy, but you've also got smoking in the pub, which... From, I mean, when was smoking banned in, in UK pubs? About 2009, 2008, yeah. 2009? You waffle while I do yeah. Well, yes, woman looks up something on the internet. Very good podcasting. <laughs> anyway, uh, as, as we go on, uh, Kenny's doing the brandy. He's also uh, blasting out the top of his voice, the voice, the greatest love of all. 2007. 2007, yeah. So we were four years away from uh, cigarettes being banned. Mm-hmm. And so this is why we see this depicted in here. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he's um, singing The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston, blasting it out, as he uh, walks into uh, the toilet. Uh, prior to which, he uh, tops up the till <laughs> with uh, some uh, charity uh, Tri- coins. <laughs> you know, I don't know really that was, is, that, us... is that sort of practice in a pub? Uh, no, no, it's, that's genuinely <laughs> most definitely Basically not. illegal. <laughs> no, not basically, uh, it's, it's stealing. Anyway, he goes into he goes into the toilets to give them a clean, still singing uh, the greatest love of all, which uh, you get um, a fantastic little scene there, where he's uh, he's got the toilet brush down the toilet, giving it a scrub as he sings, uh, "You can't take away my dignity." Yeah. <laughs> so Simon described that whole scene as great. Uh, I would not have used the word great for a middle-aged bloke cleaning a toilet. <laughs> He also, he's also stuck a sign up and uh, you, you get to see the sign at the end of the scene but you also get to see um, what the sign is referring to which when he puts his marigolds on and has to get his hand into the urinals to scoop out the dead facts that have caused a build of piss. Well obviously I would not know anything about that being a delightful lady of the world. Did you not have a, ever had to go and clean the toilets, men's toilets? No. Yeah? Fair enough. I suppose um, you probably would have been called upon to clean toilets because if you've got a cleaner in here, as we'll come across later, but That's, Winnie, yeah. I mean, but she doesn't ever seem to clean the pub, she cleans the, um, the, the living Which, quarters. So. No, I um, never had to clean the pub actually, we, we had a cleaner for that. Um, there was very few times when the pub toilets really, really needed cleaning, um, which I won't go into for uh, reasons. I don't want you all to be sick listening to our first podcast. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but uh, whenever that happened, it was our uh, big boss, our landlord, that would do that rather than rather than us minions. <laughs> well, we see the uh, the sign eventually that says, uh, "Please don't chuck your dimps in the urinals." Dimps. Because uh, dimps, dimps, they use cigarettes. Oh, that must be a pre ninety seven term because yeah. I've never. Something that's lost on end called something that's lost on millennials. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like your youth. Well, he's put the dimps in the, the. He's cleaned them out. Don't put your dimps in the urinals. It caused a build-up of piss. How would you like to come and clean them out? And as we soon find out, offends uh, one of the patrons of the pub. Um, as he walks out the toilet, um, we hear a banging at the door. Now again, this is another dated. That's another reference um, that. that really date stamps the uh, the show itself because he's basically talking about um, opening hours yeah so pubs you know used to close at um, a, a certain time in the afternoon and then reopen a bit later Did and they? then oh, yeah so there was no all day I, I mean I can't sit, can't remember now when all day opening came but basically pubs would open about about 11 half past 11 um, in the morning and then stay open to probably three, two, three o'clock, then shut for a couple of hours and then reopen. I think the standard was about six or seven o'clock at night, before all day drinking was brought in. 
And this is what this is referring. This is why Tommy's banging on the door trying to get in because it's opening time. Uh -huh. It's most probably, and it, and it is it, it is in the afternoon. It's not the uh, half past eleven in the morning because, as as we we'll later see when Joe and Duffy come in, they they come in work. after work. So it is af um, in the afternoon. Um, so Tommy is a stereotypical old man who has had enough of the world. He is angry at everything. He is completely and utterly miserable. To be to be quite honest, um, Tommy is the person in this that I um, resonate with the most when it comes to the other characters. I don't know if that's just because I worked in pubs for so long that all the other characters have just become the, the a-holes that you do genuinely meet while working in a pub, particularly yeah. Eddie. Can't stand him, he really grinds my gears, which we'll <laughs> come on to later. He does, he seems to hate everyone. He hates, he hates and everybody. And everybody has a reason to be hated, <laughs> to I mean, be honest. He even seems to hate uh, Ken, who, who let him in and, um, you know, asking him how he is, and, oh, you know, and then you get the um, the chat about Charlie Taylor. His, his first conversation piece is, uh, Charlie Taylor snuffed it the other day, <laughs> and then Charlie Taylor. You've never ever seen the seaside. Never seen the seaside. Never seen and the to be honest, poor Charlie Taylor. Here's a really controversial point of view. He's not missed out much. The seaside's horrible. The sea is horrible. Sand is horrible. Seagulls are awful. Charlie Taylor did himself a favour, in my opinion. We are going to get so much abuse. <laughs> anyway, the British fella, how dare you slag off the things that we the love British, on our holidays? The Northern British sea, uh, seaside. This is what made us millions back in the Victorian day. Anyway, Tommy, uh, well, Ken says, is it a mild again, Tommy? And Tommy, as always, has a pint of mild. Again, another, probably another dated reference. No. I'm not sure there are any pubs selling mild either. Uh, my pub used to sell mild. We used to sell Johnson's. Really? Uh, John Smith's mild. Yeah. Hey, John Smith might get sponsorship off them. They could pay for this podcast. I don't even know if they're still going. Yeah. Well, let's mention as many many beers that serve mild as we can. No, I don't. Many know. beers that sell serve mild. What's them breweries that sell that serve still serve mild? I, I, I'm not sure that there's much call for it anymore. I mean, I no. I remember going into uh, old jo Joey Oates's pubs, Joseph Holtz pubs for those people. Who uh, oh, listening outside of Manchester, a uh, uh, Mancunian brewery, who own a number of pubs and only serve their beer in that pub. Um, but I remember going in and having pints of mixed, which was half bitter, half mild. Oh, <laughs> sounds revolting. Um, the banks of breweries have, they still do um, mild, but yeah. they're, they're their own breweries, so. Right, so, uh, well, I, I thought it was a dated reference, but it seems that they are still No, it seems you've just not been drinking in pubs very recently. Or not drinking mild. Oh, well, we're yes. not drinking at all. Since we're not drinking at all in pubs, as we should say that we are recording this in, well towards the back end of lockdown yeah, yeah. in 2020. It's, it's uh, Thursday today that we're uh, recording it, and uh, pubs reopen on Saturday, so we've got our booking ready. Oh, I can't wait to go. I wonder. I wonder how the grapes would have coped. It wouldn't, would it? Well, I, I get the funny feeling that the grapes would have been the pub with curtains closed, lights off, and everybody piles in there anyway, and they probably would have got away with it because, because of the policemen. On the side, and they're going in. Oh, another two characters for me <laughs> to have a good old cow well, let's, let's wait till we get to them. Um, so anyway, Tommy takes his pint of mile, pays for it in shrapnel, £1.54. Of course. Bargain, okay. bargain, pint of, pint of mile, £1.54. Which is something I'm going to get onto later in the show. <laughs> the price structure of the great. Classicking. Which makes me grey. <laughs> Anyway, Tommy trundles over to his usual seat, uh, just by the window, or by the radiator. Um, by both of them. By both the of them. The radiator under the window. Um, and he uh, just sits there uh, miserable. Ken then says, reveals that he's thinking about making this happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then we cut to the living quarters upstairs, where we see uh, Winnie, who's, um, who looks to be their personal cleaner, uh, Jean, uh, who is turns out to be Ken's mum, and hey. Melanie, the uh, the daughter of well, at this point we're we're not hundred percent sure uh, who she is. Anyway, they have a they're having a chat. <laughs> I think the first comment is um, from Jean, who says, says um, "I can't stand the sight of him," and then we find out that they're talking about Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Now, 
again, and I think this probably dates the show a little bit more than um, all the other points. Uh, I mean, it does because I've just turned to Simon and mind who that. Well, other than the fact that you don't know who Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen is, right? Well, let's explain that Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen uh, was a, uh, a fa like a fashion designer um, in the nineties. He then sort of got onto TV, you know, doing all the fashion all right, shows. Like, go on. But, yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm right. with you. Anyway, he's, but he's, he was very flamboyant, long flowing black hair. All right. Always dressed up um, in sort of flowery shirts and he sort of um, not, I wouldn't say camp, but it was, it was uh, over the top with his, with his dress sense, um, which is, again, the dated, the dated joke. They make they basically make a gay joke, yeah. Which you probably wouldn't be able to get away with if you oh, made no, this no. show now. Um, and it's, it's it, you know it's not acceptable to laugh at someone for being gay, and they're basically saying, um, uh, "I thought he batted for the other side," yeah. and then when he comes back saying, "Oh no, he's married to a woman," and but I bet he helps him out in his spare time. That's all. Yeah, I, it, it's it's something that back in two thousand and three would have been deemed. Uh, funny joke yeah. I mean, and now it just gives you that uncomfortable stomach feeling of why why a would a writer put it in and back why would you read it as an actor or an actress yeah, I, and, I, I hate and it. being gay isn't a funny thing it's, no, it's, it's not something to be laughed at no. it's, it's something that the simpsons used to do in the late 90s and uh, early 2000s is they used to pepper each episode with a with a gay joke yeah. so making being gay um the butt of the joke yeah it's, it's not for, and, and attitudes have changed since then so yeah, yeah. it does slightly date it a little bit. yeah well I, I, exactly exactly um, anyway so that's they moved on to there um, Jean's got uh, a wagon wheeler in her hand and, uh, a wagon wheel which by the way looks massive um, because that's the size they were back in the day uh, yeah but now they're the size of what a pound coin <laughs> but wagon wheels like gluten free so we don't like those oh yes for any of you celiac listeners out there <laughs> Okay, uh, then we move back down to the pub because um, Jean has just said uh, she's moaning about Melanie, who we now realise is the daughter, but we're not 100% sure of the relationship. Um, so she's talking about her having a bath. She has, oh, she has loads of baths. She's More baths than Cleopatra. More baths than Cleopatra. She's um, going to go on and do the keep fit class and uh, have, have the bath after that. Um, and he said... She said, it's, it's not fair, it's not fair, because... Um, uh, Kenneth's it, rushed off his feet down there. Working all the hours God sends to pay for a fancy holiday. Now, this is the first time, this is a, a story thread that goes on throughout the series. Yeah. Um, their holiday to Crete and whether it will go ahead and won't go ahead and whether they'll take Jean with them or not. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> She's a parasite. It's also revealed in this scene that Ken's wife has has left him. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, Jean, Jean said, oh, he's, he's, since she he's, left since him, she's he's left, he's left his feet. Now, I'll, it's a, a situation that I wonder what happened with Ken and his ex-wife. Because it must have been really difficult for him. They were obviously living in the pub. Mm -hmm. But his mum was living with them. Oh yeah, no wonder Not she doing left. anything other than sitting down eating wagyuls, watching TV. Come here, I'd have got up and gone as well. I'd have left my daughter there straight then, away. And that's the other point, as we find out later on, that Melanie is Ken's stepdaughter. Yeah, his but so, this, so she stayed with him and not gone with the mother. Yeah, if I could live above a boozer, can't blame her. So I wonder what happened there. It must have been the mother. It must have been Jean. Like, must have been Jean. <laughs> she's gone so far. Just she just did one. Did, did a runner. Oh. Anyway, <coughs> she, uh, Jean makes a reference about Ken working all the hours God sends, rushed off his feet down in that pub, and then cut to the pub, which is just Tommy and Ken sat there, and a classic line is, "Do you want a Chris, Tommy?" So what time do you finish officially? Oh, half seven. I'm a bit skid this week, so I need to put some overtime in, you know. Shamrock, Joe? Oh no, you crap, I'm kind of looking out like shamrocks. It's a problem at an art gallery. Go on then, just one leaf though, I'm gagging. 
Not a lot. This mix, this charming man, label, rough trade, year, 1983, correct, oh, oh, oh. And then, uh, the next scene, we're introduced to another character, Joe. Oh, I quite like Joe. Craig Cash. Shockingly. He comes in, orders uh, a pint of Guinness, um, and immediately goes to the jukebox, uh, in which uh, point Ken asks him about uh, how he's, at what time he left work, and. Uh, he said, oh, I've just I clocked off. He said, when? Oh, he clocked off early because his, um, his foreman had, uh, had, had a dentist appointment and had to go yeah. early. And he said, when did you leave? Well, like five minutes after he did. 30 seconds. Yeah. Ever Nearly overtook him on the car park. Ever done that? Have I ever left former foreman? Well, I, I mean, as he goes on to say, he said, uh, I need to put some overtime. He said, what time are you supposed to be finishing? He said, 7.30, I need to put some overtime in. Well, I've never left <laughs> so, because I've worked in pubs. So you don't really leave before your landlord yeah. because your landlord never leaves. Well, now, I've, I've worked in an office all my life and we used to have these things called flex clocks. So it was a similar system to the clocking in and out. You put your key in when you come in, take it out for your dinner, put it back in and then you take it out at the end of the day. Um, but th that thing was monitored like a hawk. So I, I'm, I'm fairly sure you, I don't know, it must have, it must have in some way been abused. But I think it had your manager left mm. five minutes early and then you take your key out five minutes. He, he must have been spotted. I, uh, I used to work at a well-renowned bar, um, chain of bars in Manchester for a year. And uh, we had to sign in, but we couldn't sign in without a manager. So the manager had to key in. Like, so you would arrive several hours before a manager would and only sign in when they arrived. And there were so many times where you'd have to like batter them to change your arrival time for like the half seven that you actually arrived yeah. rather than the half nine that they decided to I, turn I, on. I don't think I could do it. It's, I'm, I'm too honest for it. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably cry. But anyway, getting back to Joe, Joe was obviously knocked off work and gone straight to the straight to the pub, which mm -hmm. is you know fair enough. Some people do that. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's certainly something I've never done. I might have done it once. You know, maybe got on a Friday night. Yeah. If we're going on a night out, but basically this is, looks like what Joe does every single night. Yeah. He goes to his local pub. I don't blame him. When I used to finish work in the pub, I would just take my apron off, throw it on the chair yeah. next to me, and sit down. With well, you are, Yeah, but you are already there. Mm -hmm. um, whereas he's sort of left work. But I had no work. desire to leave work. Yeah. To to go to a pub elsewhere, I'd just rather be in the pub at that point. After work. And and to be honest as this series progresses we get a we get a, a an inkling especially in the next episode of joe's home life anyway yeah. um but we'll come to that in the uh, the next series next episode yes, we will. um he sticks on uh, a song on the jukebox you know what it is uh, it's by the doors no no by the uh, smiths yeah um give me a clue no uh, <laughs> This is how it feels to be lonely. No, that's his power carpet. No, it's this, <laughs> this charming man by the Smiths. <laughs> um, to which uh, both uh, Joe and Ken start singing. Uh, and Ken then offers to put a shamrock in um, Joe's pint of Guinness. Which, very interesting, well, I think it's very interesting, was never actually a Guinness ploy. That was never a marketing thing that they created. And anyway, Ken shit at them. <laughs> so, so was I. I used to do people's initials on the top because they were easier to do. Yeah. Um, we're in them. We're then introduced to a new, another character, Duffy. He comes in, singing and doing a, a Morrissey dance, which is having to explain this to Emily again. Yeah. Who Morrissey is? is the I don't know who Morrissey <laughs> is. <laughs> but um, My boss fancies he him. used to uh, wave his um, like a bunch of flowers around when he performed wow. this charming man. I don't know because oh, right. Morrissey was a, a bit sort of. Out there, wasn't it? Was it? So yeah, no, whenever you saw him performing this charming man, he'd stand there waving flowers or having stuck out in the back of his trousers. Um, for everybody that obviously is listening, um, Simon is now doing the the dance move while looking at me as if I'm going to cotton onto it. <laughs> um, but Duffy then challenges Joe. Um, what what's the, well Duffy um, says? What's the uh, the song? This charming man, the Smiths, label. So this is Joe challenges Duffy. 
which is Rough Trade and the year which is 1983. Uh, Duffy orders, well, comes in and has a pint of bitter, which is bought by Joe. Uh, how much is that? Can we remember? £4.20. Oh, for both the rounds? For, for a pint of Guinness. So yeah. that, I mean, that's a dream at the moment. It's about £4.20 for one pint of lager yeah. these days. I mean, £4.20 for a pint of Guinness and a pint of bitter. Um, I hate the price structure at this point. It makes absolutely no sense. Ken says to uh, to Duffy, are you busy at work? And like uh, Duffy says, oh yeah, snowed under. Which Ken says, same here. And then... Hands uh, out to a pub of three patrons. Uh, quite, got quite a little good look from uh, from Duffy. Just to look around the thing. I was like, you know, it's just, it's just one of those little looks. It, it says everything, but you know, show sure don't tell. It says everything. It doesn't need to say anything. But through a podcast, very hard to do. <laughs> yeah. um, both uh, Joe and Duffy sit down, and Ken uh, reveals what turns out to be a, a, a through story throughout the whole series, which is the big boy's Beano. Oh, this. Gets introduced here. And the big boy Beano is all the lads from the pub who are going to go out for the day. They are going to go to York races first. No, they're going to meet for breakfast in the pub first, and, and then they're the going pub. to get a bus to York races, York races, where they're going to spend some money on the horses. Yeah. Then they're going to get back in the bus and go to the Bamboo Club. The Bamboo Club, where Bamboo. there is two sisters who are pole dancers, and their names are Twin Cheeks. Twin Cheeks. Uh, but no, that doesn't end there. No, it doesn't, because that's when Tommy's Viagra started kicking in. Yes. And we go back to the pub. For a curtains closed, doors locked, lock in. Yes. So that well, what a great day. And as they do, it was, sounds like a great day. They start singing "Perfect Day" by Lou Reed. Um, although, have you ever watched it? And we have just watched it. You you watch Duffy singing it. I'm, I'm convinced he doesn't know the words to this, <laughs> and he's a, a, literally a, a word or so behind. <laughs> <laughs> Joe and Ken. That's like me trying uh, to join in in your car. Yeah, and he's just his mouth just moved out. <laughs> so I've been trying again. to do it originally before making the sound for the podcast. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then here we go, the first two regiments. I wish I was there. That was not very good, is it? You're gonna have to work on that. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm the one that chipped me pie. That's the first time we hear it, and that's their. Toast. Are we, are we keeping the, to the regiment total going throughout the podcast? Well, maybe we should do. That's a good idea. So that was the first one to the regiment. And you remember the first time you saw it, you said, well, what's that? What does it mean? Yeah, where is this regiment? Doesn't matter. It's just something it to come up with. It makes no sense. Which still winds me up now because, spoiler alert, you never find out why they say it. Which makes it so good. Which winds me up. <laughs> so um, we go upstairs again. Where Jean is um, waxing lyrical about Crete, how lovely it is at uh, this time of year. She loves the the locals because they don't mind they don't mind just staring at them. Yeah, apparently she spends hours in the old town just gawping at the just locals. Staring at the locals, they love it. Apparently. They love it. They don't mind. Absolutely it love being stared at there. <laughs> is that probably it's like the racist joke? I don't know. Is that? Is that I, don't I don't know. Think so. I don't know. I mean, I didn't casting aspersion on Cretans. That they like being what? Why Stared at. They, are they, know, uh, well, no, uh, are they known for getting the kit off or something? Maybe, maybe they're just. Uh, anyway, she then nudists. says, she just says she loves, she loves Crete because she, uh, she can just unwind and do nothing. So which Winnie, who is washing all of her pots, another, rolls her yeah, another fantastic little bit of acting there with Winnie. <laughs> no acting. Oh, from Winnie, I thought. You from Winnie to, to to you know the, the the roll of the eyes and so God and Jesus, you don't do anything anyway. <laughs> Which never changes. Then we are then introduced to a couple more characters. Now we have different views on oh, these two. God. Eddie and Joan walk in. Now I think they're Eddie lovely. And jo oh, Eddie and Joan. I love. I, I love Eddie and Joan. I think they're the most lovable characters you could ever wish to meet. Right. I had my own version of Eddie and Joan, um, who I'm not going to mention because I don't. I don't think it's fair. However, the guy was called Eddie. So anybody that used to call me Michael will know. And him and his wife were the exact, I swear blind that these characters were based on these two. He just yammered and yammered and yammered with the most pointless jokes and comments. And you just have to walk away. Um, Cause you know, you had a job to do. Cause he won't stop. Yeah, and his wife was just completely oblivious to it. And she'd just sit and talk and they would sit there on their own and have their own conversations 
with themselves yeah, and they just speak at the same time no. i mean that's exactly what happens here yeah it? exactly but... it was based on the two <laughs> that i know well, i'm gonna take you in my old pub well, and make you meet them for this reason they're so, i mean from watching them like that you thought such a lovable pair no. if i suppose if you were sat next to them in a pub oh my God. you'd be dying to, you'd be dying to get away from yeah, them. yeah they're the type of people that like you'd be texting your friend ring me with an emergency uh, you'd be pretending that you've got a nosebleed or that you've twisted your ankle and you immediately needed to go home because eddie comes in he goes straight to the bar uh, Ken already knows her order, which is a pint of bitter and a Guinness and Black. Which winds me up, because when you see the Guinness and Black, a lot of my wind-ups are based on pub-based things. Um, there, there's no black currant in it, and Simon tried to fob me off by saying there's only a drop in. <laughs> Even if there is only a drop, it's still slightly pink with the head, and it isn't pink, the Guinness, and that really knocks me. I feel like the budget probably could have actually afforded. £4.50 for the two drinks. Some black currant juice for the, for the Guinness of Black. <laughs> anyway, so John goes to sit down. Eddie's at the bar, desperately trying to tell Ken about the uh, the temporary traffic lights oh that've been put up on top of Piper Street, <laughs> just past McVitie's, uh, backing onto Birdall Lane. You're in all this town. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I should have realised. I should know it off by heart, really. But really, <laughs> uh, he's trying his very best to explain to. Ken, that it's causing him a hell of a lot of trouble, uh, sticking nearly 10 minutes on his journey into work, has, and he's asking Ken if he's been uh, been affected by it. by the whole affair. <laughs> Ken, who lives above his own place of work. <laughs> anyway, as he's attempting to tell Ken his story about the temporary traffic lights, in walk the girls, which are uh, Debbie and Tanya. Um, they could, they've come in because they're going to do Melanie's Keep Fit class upstairs. But they've come in early because they want to get a drink. And a cigarette. And a cigarette. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'd want to do a Keep Fit class after we took up the other gin and tonic. Gin, I think. And, gin and slim. Gin and slim. And a cigarette. Bouncing around your stomach when you're doing it all. Maybe they don't put that much effort I in. I don't know. I used to go out for a drink before doing pole dancing and I was never sick. Well, maybe they don't put that much effort in. Maybe. 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 Probably. That's probably what it is. Um, anyway, we we then also find out that Tanya is uh, a barmaid at the pub because Ken asks Ooh, her to work. Repping it for the barmaids, Ella. Ask her to work a few extra hours at the weekend because they've got a Boddington's promotion on. <laughs> yeah, yet there is no Boddington's tap. Oh no, there's the not. There's no, there's no black and uh, yellow stripes anywhere in the pub. You can see you just moved the microphone there. Um, anywhere in the pub uh, yet there is a promotion so maybe the promotion is the final you're going to get it in the pub well while this is going on eddie's still oh, trying gosh. to uh, still trying to tell ken about the uh, the temporary traffic lights at the top of piper street just past my bitties oh, onto birdall lane um he's worked out as i said he's going to stick 10 minutes on his journey time and then ding dong the back door goes so who's this Ken goes to answer the door, um, and it turns out it's the police. Uh, and they were introduced here to two new characters, Phil and Nige, the policeman. In the walk, um, and we hear from um, uh, Ken when he just says, usual lads, yes please Ken, and they walk into the kitchen and sit themselves down at the table. I wish right now the listeners could hear my eyes rolling because these two... Hear your eyes rolling? Yeah, I wish they could hear <laughs> the, the effort that my eyes go into, into rolling at these two absolute plonkers. They are the biggest waste of air that <laughs> the Greater Manchester Police Force oh has. We're going to get so, uh, so much abuse here because Phil and I are well loved in the early doors community. Yeah, well, I don't know why. They're, they're rude, they're obnoxious, they're not very kind people. Oh, they create, they use the phrase, mm, well, you make your own uh, crime in this business, or you you decide how busy you're going to be in this business, you make your own work or something. The, worst, the worst thing they do is they abuse their power, but not in a really bad way, just in a way to get a free drink. They're basically Ken's friends. Ken, no, Ken, they're not. Ken, Phil and Nige are mates. If Ken was in trouble, Phil and Nige would come to their assistance, his assistance. Definitely. Yeah, only because they've been absolutely scamming him for years and he could turn around and he's go taken, to their super. He, Ken has taken care of 
taking care of them because he knows it's in his best interest. Yeah, it's in his best interest. It's not like a business deal and a friendship. But the, I think the the a certain affection is built up because, and as we'll see, did they go on? They go on the. Um, the big boys beano. Yeah, because everybody wants to go on the big boys beano with the two sisters pole dancing. No, I haven't said that. That's why. They haven't got, any, they haven't got enough people because we keep dropping out. I mean, do you think that still goes on these days? A big boys beano? No, uh, police officers um, going into pubs for drinks whilst on duty uh, to no. keep to keep the uh, for the landlords to keep the police out. Um, I mean, it never happened while I was at work. Uh, I knew off duty police officers who used to come in. Obviously, look, that was. But they were off duty. Yeah, yeah, that was off duty. They, they paid no, for their drinks. Not on duty while in uniform. <laughs> no, no, shockingly enough, no. Um, the only time we ever saw police people in uniform come in was when it was a crime. Right, fair enough. Anyway, so anyway, Phil and Nige go and sit in the kitchen, um, and Ken goes back into the bar, finishes serving Eddie, who's still going on about the temporary traffic lights, and asks Ken if uh, he's affected by them. Um, to which Ken replies, uh, I don't give a shite, you've not been listening to a thing you say. Eddie, give us 460, oh, $4.50 for the drinks. So, um, Ed, Eddie gives the uh, the money over and gives one of his famous catchphrase, Exactamundo. Oh, what a oh, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be like, you, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie, you'll find a Okay, so we then got um, back to Phil and Nash, sat in the kitchen. Uh, it always seems to be Phil that has the drink if you go through the episode until until big bad boys bad boys the big boys Beano uh, <laughs> Nigel doesn't actually get a drink I think he always drinks the, the, the coke always the designated driver yeah um, which is you know very responsible of these two uh, wastes of skin because um, Ken asks them if they were knocking off and he says uh, well we've, we're, we're going to be soon we've got enough, enough time for one in here and a quick one down the oak and then they're gonna knock off. <laughs> uh, but they do pull Ken up for his um, after times he had the other night. Uh, he said, make sure you pull the curtains. He said, like, you know. After the times. <laughs> after time, isn't it? After time, the after times. That's what they call it, after time. Yeah, after time. So they have to sign, pull the curtains closed because if one of the young bobbies spots it, they'll report you. He said, but they had a great time when they came in. Yeah, they sure he said, did. Well, but they're, not, they're okay with Phil and Nige, but not with um, oh. the young bobbies. Yeah, because the new bobbies have to do a, uh, an O-level. Yes. Which is obviously more regards to how dated it is, because now it's A-levels, isn't it? What, to be a bobby? Well, we don't do O-levels anymore. Well, they stopped O-levels in 1987. It was the last year of O-levels. Well, why aren't they doing O-levels in this, then? Maybe, maybe this is a sign of when it was dated. I don't think it's... I think it's supposed to be dated as... Well, in the, yeah. the 1990s, I'm, I'm fairly sure because so early to mid 1990s, I think it's supposed to be dated. Well, I mean, they, they're, I mean, it was, they're playing their Smiths, aren't they? Yeah, it was released. It's, well, it can't be that dated. 1983. There's also Stone Roses song in the background uh, later on in this um, episode. But this was released in 2003, so it must be written the back end of the 90s. Must have been. Well, I don't know. Good discussion point. Anybody, any listeners out there want to email us? Uh, we will put the email address or Twitter handle or Facebook page on here soon, or maybe at the end of this, but we haven't got it set up just yet while we're recording. Yeah. So I'm be, quick on the internet, but I don't think I'm quite quick enough to set up an email address or Twitter right, handle right on Facebook. <laughs> anyway, um, we then go back upstairs, uh, back to Jean, uh, Willie, Winnie, Jean um, <laughs> and Willie, and Melanie. Uh, and Melanie's asking for Jean's disabled badge. Oh yeah. Another crime there. Uh, so she can go into town because she wants to go into town. Melanie's asked for it, not Winnie. Yeah, Melanie's asked for it. Did you not just say Winnie? No, Melanie's asked oh, for sorry, it. But Winnie and Jean are having a conversation about Reenie's lad because there was a paper article about poor Reenie's lad. What's, what's he done? I don't know. We don't find out, but it's obviously in the paper. He's obviously been sent down for something. Um, and it's, it's something that Irene is such a nice look. She yeah, doesn't deserve yeah. it. She doesn't deserve it. So it's obviously it's not something like petty uh, theft, like petty theft mm. or car robbery or anything. Yeah. It's something very seedy from the the looks and the murmurs yeah. that kind of go on. And Jean then says to Winnie, uh, she says, "Oh, it's not fair. I hope no one, I hope no one finds out about it." And then Jean goes, "Do you want to take it with you?" The newspaper article. Oh, and when he goes, oh yeah, I will do. If you finish with it, he said, oh yeah. 
I've got our Melanie to photocopy some at university. Because <laughs> she's at college. <laughs> well, that's another point. We actually missed that point uh, where Melanie, a few scenes back, says that she's at college, which ages her around about 16, 17, potentially. She's just gone to college. Lucy's age, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, so Lucy's my cousin, by the way. Right. <laughs> the good. listeners that don't know my For Lucy, who's the only one listening to us. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, so that age is Melanie at round about sixteen, seventeen years of age. Um, we, we haven't really discussed everybody else's ages. We can also do we can do that in um, in episodes to come. I think. I don't think that's very interesting. No, well, okay, we won't do it <laughs> Anyway, we find out that Jean has uh, uh, photocopied the. Um, the article on Reenie's life. Yeah. Uh, poor Reenie. Poor Reenie. She doesn't deserve it. Um, She's such a nice lady. <laughs> and then we come back to the pub and Joan is walking out the toilets uh, and we get our first mention of Gyro Jim. We never met, we never meet at all Gyro Jim, but we do hear about his stories. Um, <laughs> jo- this is re- a classic what you were trying to say about um, Eddie and Joan talking over each other because. Um, John comes out and says to everybody, oh, did you hear about Jairo Jim? And everybody goes, no, 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 what happened? Eddie stands up, goes, can I tell this story? No, you can't, Eddie. <laughs> but he still tries to talk over her. He's oh, still such an ass. Finishing the sentences for her. <laughs> and the, the story is that Jairo Jim was in the pub, rang up the Chinese takeaway to order a eggy fried rice. Oh, it's egg fried rice, chicken and eggy fried rice, according to Joe. <laughs> Then he got them to deliver it to the pub. No, he oh, didn't. Oh no, sorry, no, no, no. no. Walked, to the, the, walked, in, walked into the Chinese, he got Stop. it delivered to his house. Stop, you're doing an Eddie and telling the story, Bob. I can see why she told the story. Gyro Jim called the Chinese round the corner, ordered his food, popped around 10 minutes later, said, oh, have you got that one for the address? And he said, yeah, we have. I'm Gyro Jim. While you're going, I'll have a lift. Yeah. And he ate his chicken and his egg fried rice on the way there. That's right, yeah. And they have this, the whole pub erupts into laughter. And then Eddie does his usual Eddie thing of going, and he ate it on the way home. And he ate it on the way home. Has to repeat his joke over and over again. Until nudges Tommy and tells him to get off. <laughs> and he heads off to the toilet. Um, so here we see Eddie having a, a slash. The second way, isn't it? No, this is his first one. This is his first one. He goes for a slash and he reads Ken's sign. He gets very upset, (laughs) goes to the sink to wash his hands, walks straight past the towel and dries them on his backside. (laughs) Classic. Awful. So unhygienic. Won't be allowed in today's coronavirus. No, no, no. Society would fully sterilise everybody, which I've got to say, I like now. I feel like people are cleaner. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's it. It does look a grimy toilet. Oh, it's absolutely even, even, even in, in a men's... I mean, it's not up there with train spotting's toilets. I wouldn't know if I'd sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it doesn't look the, the nicest toilet in the world. Anyway, he comes out very, very angry. I'm, I'm offended. He tells everybody I'm offended. Goes Nobody up takes him on. Joe, Joe Duffy and Joe Duffy's face. Oh, you know, I can't obviously rubbish with podcast because you can't see my face no no this needs to stop it's going to be and like the, an the, audio description for no. me Simon's now moved his mouth to the left and has got stern looking eyes <laughs> smiling politely <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway he goes to Joe Duffy's head offended and Joe goes oh they haven't been writing about you and Joe on the toilet door again he goes no you spout Ken sign about the piss and he said what are you worried about he knows it's not you he said, how do you know? He said, we don't smoke. He said, well, I'm still offended. And he's there, ready to spare up to Ken and have a go at him. Okay, okay, Ken, Ken right comes back. back. All right, Eddie, what, what do you want? Packet of dry roast. <laughs> <laughs> Simon is now laughing so much that he's choking. <laughs> Coughing. And I, I just rubbed my eyes again, which you uh, can't hear. I feel like we should add a sound of another, another, eyes again. Another funny part of that <laughs> rant with Eddie is where... He go, he's telling the girls about it. And he said, he said is there a sign up in your toilet? And like, Tanya goes, no, your rhinos in the ladies. <laughs> well, this like, works really complete... well for a podcast and you just laughing too much to be able to carry on. No, completely through Eddie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, bless you. That's so sweet. Anyway, back to... Back to Phil and Nigel, police in the kitchen. Oh, God, no, go back to Eddie and make the other stuff laugh. Telling them... Um, 
<laughs> telling the story about the off-license being done over um, and that they were um, Ken asked well did you get anyone for it and uh, they said oh we were so close we were so close but we were picking picking uh, Phil's daughter up from a nightclub in town yeah. <laughs> and by the time he got there everybody had gone yeah. scum <laughs> scum another reason to hate Phil and Nige <laughs> yeah. so they're basically saying Keep your eye out because this is basically, I think this is all just to set up the joke that comes just a few minutes later. Um, Melanie comes down, still looking for the disabled badge for the car. Um, and Phil and I are just saying people are going around pubs trying to sell off, uh, sell the, um, the off license beer that's been stolen. And so Ken shouts down, st down the hall to Melanie, have, uh, have you seen anybody in here selling any dodgy beer? So which she replies, only you. <laughs> I thought that was just there to set up the whole joke. Probably was. And yeah, so we get this little moment there between um, Ken and Melanie. Uh, I think they find the disabled badge. He asks what she's doing. She's going into town after keep fit. And then she's going to meet Liam, Liam at the pictures. Liam, who we don't meet in this episode, we meet in further episodes, and turns out to be. Um, well, very famous, to be honest. Uh, his name, <laughs> probably, he's looking for the name James Michael <laughs> Very famous. Of his. <laughs> um, and it's the first mention of Liam. Um, it's also the first mention of uh, it's, it's the first time we get to see uh, Ken and Melanie together um, by just, themselves just alone, yeah. uh, and talking, mentioning about the mother, his ex-wife, and her mother. Because she's going to go and see her mum, and then she's going to go and see Liam. Yes, uh, and this is. This is the, the start of basically the crescendo that we reach in episode six, uh, that three story. But we won't go any further with that. We'll build up to it. We've, we've, we've already everyone. given tons of spoilers out. Anyway, and, and anyway, as she, as she runs up the stairs, he gets a shout from Ken and keep your hand on your apron. <laughs> I know the little dated reference, yeah. but yeah, because who's still uh, there's no such thing as a hapenny anymore. Keep your hand on your hapenny. You never heard that? No. Or maybe my dad didn't love me enough yeah. <laughs> to say that. Or maybe he just thought that nobody would want me. Yeah. <laughs> that actually looks like... like a... Basically, put your knickers on. I know what it means. <laughs> I was going to swear then, but I don't... Well, again, I don't it's, 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 it's a date. It's another dated... I think it was dated even for 2003. It's probably dated for like... Um, 1995. I wasn't but, alive then, I wouldn't um, know. <laughs> there you go. There you go, very dated. <laughs> um, he get, then Ken goes back to the kitchen to which um, he gets a bit of grief from Phil and Nigel about being soft. Mm -hmm. um, and then they talk about uh, the person who did over the... Um, oh no, they talk about a witness, a guy in the witness protection programme. Um, and they can't, they can't reveal who it is and Ken guesses his name straight away. Yeah. <laughs> in walks another character into the pub. Um, this is Janice. She comes in wheeling the baby in, in a pram. Your feelings on this are in and in, in this is a smoky environment. Basically, back in the day when you went into pubs, because you've never gone into a pub, the the weather was smoking. It stopped in two thousand and seven. I was ten years old. Yeah, so you've never been in a pub. Yeah, I have. I was going to pubs at ten. No, but you weren't going drinking. No. Were you? But I mean, so when you were in there and you come out on, on after a night out. Stinking um, of smoke. Stinking completely of smoke. Yeah. Uh, even if you didn't smoke. <clears throat> yeah, well, it was long, 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 And you never it? noticed it. But now, if someone was to light up a cigarette in the pub, you would, you would notice it straight away. Yeah, when I um, when we used to have lock-ins at the pub that I worked in for a few years, the we let people smoke inside the because pub. Was, yeah. And obviously, because it was lock-in, it was no longer like the point of serving it. I used it just throw me completely off. I was like. It feels so naughty. It was almost like somebody who just lit up a spoon and started injecting heroin into themselves. Yeah, it's like with you... how naughty the entire thing felt. If you go into Europe now and you go to a pub or a club, and oh, I hate that. It's completely shocking. It's, I know. It, it, it when just you, shocks you. Yeah, yeah. When you go in, uh, into like a cafe in France, there's a family smoking next to Oh God, how rude! Well, it's, 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 a, it's a strange one because it was common practice. Common practice and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but she walks in with a baby into this, so the. Completely not the best environment for to bring a baby in a pram. Not the best, is um, it? No, understatement. She goes straight to Joe and asks him to look after the baby while she goes to keep fit. Um, and which eventually, Joe, Joe doesn't want to do, but he eventually relents. 
um, because she wants to get fit for the father. The father won't look at her. I mean, it's revealed that she doesn't actually know where the father is. It could be Duffy. <laughs> it then turns out, as she goes upstairs, Joe says, this could be yours. And it turns out that, and this is the first time uh, it's mentioned uh, that Duffy has affairs. <clears throat> Duffy is uh, promiscuous. With, with himself and he's obviously he's, <laughs> with himself <laughs> with his, he's married but he's obviously had a, a knee tremble in Labrook's doorway I love that phrase honestly it is one of my favourite phrases to use uh, with, a knee trembler a knee trembler in Labrook's doorway with Janice uh, to which Joe said you could have had a bet on yourself um, no, you could have you could have placed a bet on yourself if it was open. Yeah. And Duffy said, "Well, it was." Honestly, this podcast is just us with you trying to tell stories like Eddie <laughs> and me cutting you up like Jean. <laughs> then we cut back upstairs again. This is Jean singing to Winnie and uh, describing um, a singer she went to see. <laughs> uh, Ken. <laughs> Ken comes up and he wants to set the uh, the video for Footballers' Wives. Uh, so when he starts talking to Ken about Paulini, oh, Paulini's lad. Um, <laughs> Paulini's lad. It's Paulini because of a lad. Yeah. And uh, it then revealed Ken says some callous sod was passing around photocopies of the article. Who would do that? Paper. Which sod would do that? <laughs> Obviously, Jean's just sat there, a little bit of acting like, oh, you know. A quick look at Winnie, don't say anything. <laughs> and then we get the first, another first in this series, obviously it's episode one, of <laughs> one of my favourite, favourite, favourite things ever. I absolutely love it. And they should make this compulsory in all asthma inhalers. <laughs> it is genius. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with the listeners. When I first got my inhaler this summer, um, you suck in when you do your inhaler. You breathe out, you puff, you suck in. Uh, I was really cheesed off when mine didn't go. This, it should be compulsory that all of them do that. If you can buy me the attachment on Amazon, oh, I 100% will. Probably puff my inhaler more and the, uh, the hospital will be like, oh, looks like you need to go into the, the great one now. As, if it's, there's, there's definitely there's things that go through this series, the two of the regiment, the, the run through stories of, uh, <coughs> of Melanie and Ken, and. Um, the inhaler uh, and for me I think the inhaler is just the funniest thing that we got running through it's just brilliant the first time we watched this again Simon was very excited for me to get to the inhaler bit and looked at me for the just absolute barrel of laughs and it was a case of oh, right yeah it's just it's just an old woman sucking on an inhaler why <laughs> and he couldn't stop laughing and then was heartbroken at the fact that I didn't think it was outrageously hilarious <laughs> Um, then we cut to uh, Duffy in the toilet having a slash, uh, quickly followed by Eddie, who's uh, not long been, which Duffy points out. Oh, yeah. And he says something like he's got prostrate trouble. <laughs> prostrate, yeah. Prostrate trouble. He can't go, he has that moment when all, all blokes have had it when you stood next to oh, someone yeah. in the urinals, you're dying for a slash. And you just can't, nothing comes out. For some reason, it's because of your proximity to someone else and Eddie says it. See, now we don't have that problem in the ladies. Because you're not next to each other. Yeah, but we are next to each other. There's just a wall There's between There's a wall between you. But if anything, we're closer in naked bottoms than you are. Oh, yeah. Um, Stood up, yeah. But I guess it doesn't occur to it's, us. It's, it's a strange one. Unless you, could you be, know you're going to trump, you could at which be, point, <laughs> like, all the muscles in your body focus on just holding it. Well, you can be... He could be absolutely dying for a slash. And if someone stood next to you in the urinal, it will not come out. Anyway, really? eventually, Eddie, so eventually Eddie lets go uh, and, starts, let's go. and starts to ask Duffy about the uh, tepid traffic lights oh, and yeah. whether they're causing him any problems. The infamous traffic lights make their return. Duffy isn't listening. He says something like, oh, I, don't know. I don't know, Eddie. I don't watch news night and stuff, yeah, <laughs> and stuff does, like yeah. that. Um, and explains that he gets the train to work. Yeah, he's got, no, no, he doesn't. That's not Duffy. Duffy leaves and says, uh, I'll set a timer for it and whatever. And then um, as Eddie finishes, he carries on talking, but there's no one else in the toilet. However, he carries on talking to the traps. 
cubicles. Well, no, but in the main men's toilet, you call them traps. Why? Tra trap one, trap two, trap three, you know. What? Cubicles. cubicles? You know why you call them traps? We don't call them traps, we call them cubicles. I uh, would definitely call them traps. Anyway, Joe is sat in Right, so listeners, write in about whether it's a trap or a cubicle. Yes, yeah, we're I'd very I'd like to know the interested. gender balance. Once, on once we give you uh, our communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, please don't just like work out where we work and live and stuff. And come chase, chasing us down the street. Yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. knocking on the last How dare you, Eddie? The last thing I need is more people contacting my skill. <laughs> so, um, where were we? Oh, yeah, it turns out Joe is in track one. And he starts talking to him about the temperature traffic lights, and you hear um, Joe in the in the toilet, and he says, uh, "No, no, Eddie, no." And uh, he says, uh, "I tend to get the drain as he forces one out." <laughs> to which Eddie's response is, "Do you find the drain more efficient?" And literally, Eddie's face is right his up against the on the top of the cubicle. <laughs> Joffy, not Joffy, Joe can definitely see his hands in the cubicle already. His little feet will be sticking out underneath. I just, I would never, ever talk to anyone like that if they were in the cubicle. No. And then, I, I've only ever chatted to people in cubicles when I've been absolutely steaming. And then a class or if I've needed toilet roll. <laughs> classic line. <coughs> a classic line. Go away, Eddie. Go away, Eddie. Get my teeth in. Go away, Eddie. I'm having a shit. <laughs> I love how you keep saying the classic line. The Everything according to Simon in this program is a classic the line. The whole series is classic. Absolute classic. Is it? Yes. Anyway, Eddie comes out of the toilets and informs the whole pub. Well, he goes over to Duffy first and said, uh, don't be expecting Joe back very soon. Uh, he's having a shit. He goes up to Joe and tells uh, her that, oh, Joe's having a shit. Which seems to quite excite Joe. She yeah, finds Joe it quite Brennan exciting. Joe loves it. There's like a big bit of clapping and... A bit of rustling for Joan. <laughs> then uh, Phil and Nigel are then leaving uh, through the back. Um, they're just basically talking about the fact that um, it's pointless reporting anything to the police. Um, even his was it his own his mother-in-law mother had a had a car radio pinched um, in pinched. broad daylight. Broad daylight, and he did report it. Well, what's the use? Uh, and then another through joke um, is revealed here with the crime can't crack itself, um, which uh, Phil says, I I've just come up with that one. Uh, and then he uses it all the way through. And then another joke, which is spotted by the eagle-eared ones. And I think it's quite well known on early doors communities on Facebook and, and Twitter. Oh, what cool kids you mm, must know. When um, the, they walk out the door, they get um, walkie-talkie transmissions. In, Radio uh, transmissions, not walkie-talkies. Yeah, in what, what, what's the alphabet? Um, what do you call the alphabet? Phonetic alphabet. Is it phonetic alphabet? It is the phonetic yeah. alphabet. And the one that is uh, this uh, this episode was uh, Tango Whiskey Alpha Tango. Twat. You can't say swear words like that on a podcast. It's our podcast because My name's going to it. What if the kids listen? <laughs> we'll tell them not to. <laughs> okay, so then we go back. Ken's back into the pub now. He's free from the police. Uh, and he asks Joe and Duffy if he wants to play cards. Um, but then spots that <laughs> there's, there's a baby in there and goes, what's that? <laughs> to Joe's response was, it's his, referring to Duffy. <laughs> um, they sit down to play cards. Melanie comes running down the stairs and she gives the question, um, what's that? And uh, it's Duffy's was the response. <laughs> From everybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Um, she then sell, uh, has a go at Ken, said that there's no room up in that, there's no room for her to do a keep fit up upstairs and he needs to move his train set. So, thus revealing that, that Ken has a train set to play with, which seems, which is, uh, gets everybody in the pub having a laugh and uh, uh, singing at him and uh, laughing at him and even Tommy at the back goes, choo choo! <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'll hand it to you, Tommy. Well, I mean, we all know that Tommy's my favourite person. That was brilliant. Just love him. That's it. That's like the most sound happy he's, he's, he's seen he, he is when he's ripping the piss out of someone. Um, choo choo. Choo choo. I'm going to bone you with that like three in the morning tonight. <laughs> um, anyway, the baby starts crying because of all the, the ruckus. Yes. Uh, and Ken oh, goes, well, yeah, look what you've done. He, got, he goes to the toilet. Um, and then you get a little thing about Joe saying, oh, what's 
the fat control is around this cage. Then Duffy does say something. Oh, he's all right, Ken. He's all right. He can take a joke. Next minute, Ken comes steaming out of the toilet. So, who's done it? Who's done it, eh? Who's written wanker on my sign? <laughs> and that's the end of episode one. Um, a fantastic opener. Um, absolutely love that episode because you get introduced to each one of those, each one of the main characters, well, and you instantly. Well, apart from Liam, he's arguable whether he's a main character or not. I think he is. But it's, you, you, you instantly know their character. Yep. You know who even, they are, even, where they all stand with each other. Yeah, even with a few words, you, you, you're aware of their character and how they would react in, in small situations. It's testament to the acting and it's testament to the way it was written, I think. Um, out of 10, I w- I'd have it as, I mean, this is probably a silly thing to do to rank it's these episodes out of 10 thing. because I'm going to get score most of them very, very highly. But this... I'm not drawing in this ridiculous But because thing. I know there's episodes down the, thing, down the road that I will potentially give a 10 to, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Well, I'm not going to join in on your silly scoring game. Well, you're you? going to join in on this silly scoring game, which is your, your favourite scene or words or lines from the episode. Well, we all know it's Choo Choo. It's Choo Choo from Tommy. Well, it's got to be, yeah. hasn't it? It's I've, just... So I think m- mine is Je- uh, Jeans Inhaler. Woo! Uh, <laughs> and also... Honestly, next episode, we're going to put the sound clip in. I'm so sorry as well about my laugh. Every time I laugh, I'm looking over at the, uh, the sound thing. It's just the lines go massive. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, um, we're gonna get the sound clip of jeans and nails, so you don't keep getting our terrible impression of it. Yeah, we'll we'll tr- we'll in the editing process, we'll try and get something, we'll uh, some some clips. Yeah, we'll edit Ooh. at the end. So <laughs> we're saying this, and we've probably already added the. Uh, it's like oh, Back yeah, to the Future. Anyway, I also like the um, Joe. I'm having a shit, Eddie. Leave me alone. That's also a funny bit. It's a real my eyes. Another <laughs> swear word. I'd like all the, the listeners to keep a tally of how many times I swear compared to Simon in this. <laughs> okay, and I think we should just give credit to, to the actors and the people behind the show. Please don't do this. Um, yeah, we're, going, we're just going to run through them. Um, so Ken was played by John Henshaw, Tommy by Rodney Litchfield, Jean by Rita May, Winnie by John Kempson, Melanie by Christina Bottomley, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is Craig Cash, Duffy Phil Mealy, Joan Lorraine Cheshire, Eddie Mark Benton, uh, Tanya Susan Cookson, Debbie Lisa Millett, Phil is James Quinn, Nige is Peter Wright, and Janice is Maxine Peak. Um, um, I don't know if anybody else listens to um, audiobooks by the BBC. Um, I was just listening to the Pyro one on um, Audible. But at the end of each at the end of each episode, that's what they do. And in today's program, uh, this um, he's been played by Adrian Dunbar, and that's what they do at the end. And it's just weird that you've just done it. Now. I also note when uh, the credits roll, special thanks are given to Caroline Hearn and Peter Kay. Really? Really. Now the reasons for that are the the show was ultimately written by Craig Cash and Phil Mealy. <clears throat> but it was it was a project that was started by Craig and Caroline while they were still or while they were still doing Royal Family or while they were just finished or as they just finished Royal Family. Um, however, uh, Caroline um, had issues with drink and had to go away into a uh, facility, rehab. Facility, rehab facility and was able to unable to continue. Which is the special, the, and Peter Kay came in as the script editor oh, wow. to replace Caroline Hearn. Because That's so of, nice. So, uh, so friendly. How is she now? Did she? Did she She's, come out of it? She, right? No, she died. Oh. <clears throat> she uh, she died in twenty sixteen. Did oh, Caroline Hearn? No, but she uh, contracted cancer. Oh right. And she died in very sadly in twenty sixteen amongst you know all those celebrity deaths. Oh yeah, we had that like she celebrity wipeout in twenty sixteen. <clears throat> she was unfortunately she was one of them. Yeah, oh. very sad, very sad. Um, and I also just want to pick up on and we'll do maybe a couple per episode, but just because I picked probably the main one for this one, we're just going to stick with him. And I just want to go pick on one of the actors, which is John Henshaw. He uh, was born in Manchester. Who, who plays Ken? Who way, plays so Ken? Yeah, yeah, he was born in Manchester in 1951, and he's got um, a CV as the, the I don't know as long as anything you can think of. Really? Uh, the, I thought you ever seen him in this. 
Oh, he's in, he's in tons of things. I mean, on top of this, and I've got a list of things here. Let's go through it. Ooh, he's been in GBH, Cracker, When Saturday Comes, Last of the Summer Wine, The Bill. <gasps> I interviewed somebody from The Bill for a TV show when I was a child. <laughs> Emmerdale, Casualty, There's Only One Jimmy Grimble, The Royal Family, The Cops, Nice Guy Eddie, Life on Mars, which is one of your favourites. Hang on, he was in Life on Mars? Yeah. Uh, the Moors Murderers, oh. uh, The Visit, Looking for Eric. Uh, <gasps> Looking for Eric! Yeah. Funnily enough, um, this is one of my only claims to fame. The the main guy in Looking for Eric is um, was a regular in the pub that I used to work in, oh. and he follows me on Instagram, and uh, he's just like the character that he plays in everything. There you go. Uh, he's also in Stan and Ollie, the, um, the feature film, with John C. Riley and... Um, I forgot his name, Alan Partridge. After everything that Simon <laughs> says, he looks at me with hopeful eyes. Uh, uh, just to me shaking my head like, nope, not seen it, nope, I mean, not seen it, nope, not other, seen it, never heard of it. The other two I've got down, he was in Scylla and Cradle to the Grave. Um, and that's just a fraction of what he's been in. Anyway, that is the end of the podcast. It was the end of episode one of Early Doors. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's probably been a bit garbled at times. This is our first time ever doing a podcast. Uh, we hopefully we'll try and improve. Uh, any feedback, as I said during the podcast, you'll be able to give us once we've set up uh, an email address, Twitter, Facebook and, and whatnot, maybe an Instagram account, we'll do that. No, we're a podcast. What have we got to show people? I don't know. Pictures of early doors. <laughs> what? They've got to watch early doors! <laughs> anyway, um, we'll, we'll, we'll sign off now. Thank you for listening. If maybe- you got this far. <laughs> Have you, have have you got any final words for the, uh, for the uh, listeners? Yeah, I've only got two final words for yeah. everybody. Go on. Choo choo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> leave me alone, I'm having a shit. <laughs> See, they've put uh, uh, temporary traffic lights over at Samuel Street, Ken. What? Yeah, temporary traffic lights, yeah. Resurfacing it. <laughs> Cordoned it off the end from the top end of Piper Street, past McVitie's up to the bank on Bird Hall Lane. Right, there was uh, there was talk. It's all going to be one way now. Hmm.